Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Nick Antonucci and Jim Crone. Before we do it, if you have your own questions, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can call our question hotline at one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. The way it works, you leave your question, uh, your message, including your question. We play the question back on the air and answer right behind it. If you prefer to talk to a human being, you can call us at 770-429-9166. And by the way, that's where you could get in touch with me, Nick, or Jim uh, about uh, any questions you might have, whether it be you know details of a buy-sell agreement, a business valuation, insurance, whether it be life insurance for any purpose, uh, including, you know, trying to, to help fund a, a buyout of a business. So um, that's where you call us, 770-429-9166. Uh, you can also get your question on the radio that way. You just ask for our uh, radio show producer, who is Kelly Lynn, and uh, she would, uh, she'll get your, your information and get you a question answered. Uh, you can also, if you don't want to talk to anybody, you can just email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. That's how you get the millennial questions, Troy. We just, uh, just email. We don't want to talk yeah. to anybody. Well, Millennials don't talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm hip enough to know that. We have a text line? <laughs> I'm hip enough to know that, okay. even though I'm still on fleek, which is, I guess I was told about five yeah. years old. Yeah, you are still yeah. on that, aren't you? I, whatever that is. Fleece or fleek? Which was it again? <laughs> Whichever you want to go with. Yeah. All right. you pick. Good deal. Uh, by the way, that Hensler.com is also our website, and we just had an upgrade to our website. If you want to see the Looks fancy real new, sharp. Yeah, you want to see the fancy new website, you can go to Hensler.com, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Put faces with the voices. And then you oh, might yeah. then you might decide, well, I'll stick to voices only. <laughs> yeah, you probably might. We might even lose a listener or two if they go checking out what we look like. I uh, got a face for radio. You, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, anyway, that's uh, where you can find a lot of the information. If it is a broad enough topic, uh, we can answer it there. Speaking of which, we do have a, a, a question here this week from our good friend Bill Murray. He says, uh, year to date, as of March 26th, the S&P is up 13%. Vanguard Emerging Market Stock Selection, ticker on that is VMMSX, is up 11%. Considering, year, uh, considering that China is expected to carry out a stimulation policy and or other considerations, which fund uh, is likely to win the race by the end of the year, uh, three years from now, uh, which of the two is likely to outperform uh, versus the other? And to be honest, we... Just looking at what China is expecting to do uh, versus, as we said, you know, earlier in the show, our central bank, the Fed, is uh, looking to be accommodative, but it, it's also spurred a, a question as to just what that looks like. Um, obviously, first step, I made this comment before, we've got quantitative tightening going on when you're allowing bonds to, to uh, roll Mature. off. And uh, yeah, roll off with maturities. Um, that's a that's a tightening. They're not in the market buying. That would cause rates to continue to stay lower, go lower on right. the long end of the curve. Um, and it looks as if they're not going to be adding any more to our uh, to our overnight lending rate, which is at currently at 2.25 to 2.5 right. the range. 
so, you know, it, what I would do is look forward. And, and what winds up happening is if uh, there, there's hardly any way that China could have a recession without dragging others down and vice versa. I mean, yeah, if the U.S. goes it, into a recession, China's not exactly in, in a great position either. And, you know, you mentioned China's stimulation policy. Well, if, if China's stimulating and we fall in a recession, we're going to stimulate, right? We're going to cut rates. We're already it's already looking it, like right? we're going to. Um, I, I don't think that emerging markets stand to outperform by a significant margin um, the U.S. And not to mention, with if you look at these emerging markets funds, I don't know how much of this is in China. Do you have that number 27, by 27%, 27% is in China. And if you look at leverage of the U.S. versus China, I mean, listen, no one's going to sit here and tell you that we're in the best position, right? Yeah. But debt to GDP, what is China, 200 no, it's bigger than that. It's 400. And oh, even there. double that. Yeah, wow. let me look real quick. I think it's 456. Uh, so China's fall from grace. If something does happen there, in my opinion, it's going to be much more impactful yeah. uh, US th- than a U.S. Yeah, it's 265.9. Uh, I'm sorry. Not to mention U.S. goes into recession. People stop spending. Where do we buy a lot of our goods from? Yeah. China. What happens? Uh, that, that's yeah. not good news for anybody. Right. 20% of Chinese... GDP is from uh, uh, is is from exports. So we were talking about uh, emerging markets as uh, as an answer to our good friend Bill Murray, who uh, has put us in this uh, kind of a debate as to whether or not we go with the U.S., who's acting accommodative, or at least our central bank is. Uh, meanwhile, China's doing the same. Chinese emerging market fund he's talking about is uh, Vanguard Emerging Market Stock Select, ticker VMMSX. And, um, you know, like I say, holds almost 27% China. Uh, China, you, you're not going to have a whole lot of positive action on this particular uh, mutual fund without China going in the right direction. But it's our opinion that you're not going to see uh Either one of these uh, countries have economic slowdown issues without uh, without showing up on the other ones. Yeah, and I think if if you own both of them right now, um, you know it's something we always preach: diversification. So there's sure. there's no reason. It's not like you have to pick one or the other. Um, we would more heavily weight the U.S. based S and P 500. Yeah. Um, but, but different countries, moment, you know, have different. All economic cycles don't align. Simultaneously, so that's true. Yeah, our our policy at the moment is to avoid the emerging markets, mm-hmm. uh, and I would say, really for good reason. If you look over the last couple of years, it's been a real crowded space. Most of the institutional investors have recommended uh, that that would be like the the best play, but if you look at the numbers, it really hasn't played out. Um, I think if you were selective in emerging markets too, you could probably do better. But if you buy an emerging markets fund, something like that, they're all going to have. Chinese exposure at least 25%, probably 20-25%, and that's yeah. our biggest concern. Yeah, if you look um, over the past two years, EEM is down 9.47%, uh, which is an ETF that just follows. It's pretty much a similar situation. Mm-hmm. VMMSX, which is the fund that uh, that we're Bill's asking about. Is down 5.4%. The S&P 500 is up 5.42% during that period. Uh, but if you look, there is something really interesting since the top of the market on 920 of 18, when we had that almost 20% downturn between right. 920 and December 24th. 
Uh, VMM is actually the better option. It's up 2.57, while most everything I'm looking at is is down, even the S&P 500 down 2.83% since that top. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we haven't reached, we haven't regained that top again. We're down, uh, you know, overall uh, yeah. about 3%. So, yep. um, you know, that's, that's kind of where we are. So, uh, hope that helps you, Bill. That's, that's our opinion at the moment. I uh, got another question here from Alan from Ball Ground. Says I'm 52 and getting getting a lot of offers for long-term care coverage. I'm single and have no heirs aside from my older sister. Do I really need an LTC policy, long-term care policy? Yeah. <clears throat> well, the question I think to uh, Alan is, uh, Alan, what's your plan if something happens? You know, uh, we can address on the financial side, but many times. When you do have family or folks that are close by, you do have a, a, a support system. In his situation, uh, he will likely have need to have care, right? Uh, professional care, which is costly. Yeah, we're talking about nursing home? Well, uh, it could be therapy, which is brought in the home, right? So right. that's one aspect of where long-term care coverage comes in and, and offers some nice value. In fact... Statistically, 80% of claims for long-term care start in the home. Okay. And so uh, you start to work down that path, and we have um, uh, methods that we go through to first evaluate where the financial risk is, right? So we look at cost of care today, and on a statistical basis, what it will likely be when they hit their average age when claims begin which is around 79.80. That's sort of the foundation for how we arrive at a long-term care policy. But with folks like him, we might actually uh, look at it in a little different light. There are aspects about things where we could potentially look at a traditional disability policy and then put on a rider that does bring long-term care value on top of the disability. So it's just a a different way to slice it. Most of the time when I'm talking to folks like this, they have had experience with other family members, right? Older folks that have been in this, and they are looking at that saying, gosh, uh, what happens if I get hit by the bus and live? (laughs) Right. Right? And so we just want to help them and put some economic numbers, right, premiums to where they can get the most bang for their buck. And we yeah. can look at a variety of different choices on how best to do that. So you can answer their question, and it's really at this point, without knowing more, it's it depends. Well, it depends, but I think the the, the back to the beginning, it's the first question is, so you know, Alan, who who do you anticipate would likely take care of you? And if we don't have a support system, church, family, if he doesn't have family and so on locally. You start looking at friends, and that will last for a couple, a little bit. Yeah, that'll take you so far, and then you're going to step into some some real financial impact to whatever resources he has, uh, and that's where long-term care can make those last longer. Sure. So. All right. Well, good answer, Jim. Thank you for that. Uh, we got another one that's based on something that you'll probably have the answer to. More Jennifer insurance. That's yeah, how it goes. That's right. Um, You've been saving these, right? To do. Yeah. You <laughs> still stand by the the listener base being millennials. A lot of a uh, lot of long-term insurance care. questions. Long term care. <laughs> yeah. Well, they got parents they're too. Planning, they're planning. They get the point that you need to start planning start early. Now. There you go. And they yeah. got parents. Pay and attention. This is this is the time. This is what learn. you want to tell your dad and mom about, right? Well, that's mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. right. So, yeah. uh, question from Jennifer from Kennesaw says, "What are some of the riders 
that I can get with my disability insurance, and are they worth it? Mm. Good one. I like that. Yeah. Well, look. I thought you would. As you, as you can imagine, insurance is one of those things. Boy, you can dress anything up. I mean, you can layer in any and every rider you, you want. Um, there are some that I actually believe are probably more of, of good value to bring to the table when you start talking about a base disability policy. And many times those are quoted where they have, here's your base policy, and then they put a value, an incremental premium value to each each particular rider. And so what I often will do is sort of run the Cadillac and then step into the conversation with the client to say, here are the ones that I think would make most sense for you. And so we can then customize the coverage premium sure. and benefit-wise to exactly what their facts what and circumstances are. But I think the ones that make the most sense to me are ones that are what's called the future increase benefit option. So that's an idea where your benefits were likely to increase commensurate with your compensation, right? Everybody's looking for increases uh, over their next several years with compensation. So I definitely think that one is is meaningful to make sure your coverage is is matching with those increases. Um, some of the ones that I don't think that have the greatest um, impact uh, for is hospital income riders or Social Security riders. The concept is, look, if you qualify for Social Security disability, that means you are, you are, you, something has really happened yeah. <laughs> and you are eligible for your uh, disability coverage. So I don't see that doubling up on that makes a lot of uh, economic sense. But uh, other things, there are things in there called waiver of premium, which when a disability occurs, it allows for the coverage uh, premium to stop. I actually think there's a value to that. And so what I would, as I said, I, I typically run quotes where I, I throw the whole Cadillac together, sure. and then we'll walk down the path and selectively pick the ones that make the most economic sense. Sounds good. All right, uh, so as a 50-some-year-old man, do you think that if I showed up with a man bun and two turns in my pants and uh, gauges in my ears? Turns that they, in your pants. What is that? Uh, you know, like the Come cuffs. On. Oh, you're rolling up the, the yeah. pant line. Okay, do you think that I got they would it. think I that I was I... disabled enough to get this policy? <laughs> Uh, Probably. So. I don't know if mental disability. Yeah, no kidding. Cause... Oh, it, surely it's got to help, right? It sure does. All right, mark it up or down this week, quick. Uh, down. All right. I like insurance. All right. I say the market's up because I'm a broken Thanks for listening. Money talks. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments, It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. 
Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.